You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal. Today's show is a biggie. Today's show is a real biggie. Today, we are talking about forgiveness. Whew. Forgiveness is something that I am really passionate and really frustrated about. And here's why. It is crammed down our throat so often as the holy grail. Whether it was infidelity, betrayal, anything else, we're always told, oh, you've got to forgive. Don't even get me started on forgive and forget because that's not a thing and it shouldn't be a thing. But just general forgiving. I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear it. When my husband cheated on me and people would say, eventually you'll forgive. I just wanted to flip them off or punch them in the face. I was not even ready to think about that. I was not even ready to go there. And even now, years later, after we have reconciled and I have seen the blessing and the spiritual reasons why, and I have put together the whole story and I understand it and I feel really good about it, I still get riled up when people say, wow, that must have been hard to forgive him. Or I can never forgive the way you have forgiven. It ticks me off because forgiveness is a journey. It's not a destination. And like so many other journeys, the absolute worst thing we can do is race to the finish line, race to the destination. Forgiveness is hard. And I don't think it's well understood. And that's what I want to spend this time doing, breaking it down, talking about it, sharing my experience through the journey of forgiving. And I very much want to hear from you. I want to hear how you feel. When somebody talks about forgiveness, when they say, oh, have you forgiven him? <gasps> did you forgive them after they did this? I want to know what you feel. I want to know what you were raised to think, whether it's in a religious tradition or a familial tradition or what. I want to know what you were raised to believe around forgiveness and forgiving. I want to know what it feels like in your body and if you've done it. <laughs> or if you, like me, are kind of like, I don't even know what it is or what it means. 
and why I should really try. And it feels like I'm letting them off the hook. And this is all weird. I just want to hear from you. You can find me on social media, across all social media. But especially, you can find me in two different Facebook groups. Betrayed to Brilliant is my Facebook group for women who have been betrayed and are currently navigating that betrayal journey, who are trying to figure it out, trying to identify what the next steps are that they should take so they can move ahead and create a life they love on their own terms that was better than it was before the infidelity and betrayal. And then my second group, the Flaunt Flock Facebook group, is for women who are beyond, for women who have navigated the next steps in the betrayal journey, who have created that life and are now really taking a deep dive into full self-expression, to full joyful living. You can find me in either of those Facebook groups, or you can go to my website, laurachedle.com, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com, and contact me there through email. Either way is totally perfect, but I want to hear your story. I want to hear your thoughts around forgiveness so I can respond, so I can address those, so I can understand you. All right, on to our show, on to the main topic. Forgiveness is a journey. It is not a destination. Okay, that helps. That's a start. But what is forgiveness? Okay. Like so many other things, forgiveness is not one thing. It's a collection of things. And I think that's where the first kind of misperception around um, forgiveness comes in. It's a collection of feelings, beliefs, attitudes. It is not just one thing. Even if I had a magic wand, I could not just go bing and you would forgive somebody. Forgiveness is, in my definition, the ability to accept unconditionally what is. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that FLAUNT is an acronym and that AU, the center of FLAUNT, F-L-A-U-N-T, I call the golden center because that's where the magic happens. And AU stands for, you got it, except unconditionally. Forgiveness, in part, is the ability to accept what is unconditionally. That means to let go of all of those crazy obsessive thoughts about What if, what if, what if this hadn't have happened? What if this would have happened? What if I would have gone over here at this time? What if he would have done this or she would have done this or they would have done that? Or if I only would have known. It's the ability to accept unconditionally where you're at. What happened? Who did what? 
and to be okay holding all of that. There's a lot of bad stuff that happens. Whether it is somebody that you love committing suicide, death, disease, divorce, infidelity, job loss. There's a lot of really bad things. And when I hear people talking about those things with defensiveness, trying to deflect, oh, it really wasn't my fault, or if only, blah, 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 blah. I see how they haven't accepted it. And I know that unless they've accepted it, they can't forgive it. Because one of the pieces of forgiveness is accepting unconditionally. And oh my gosh, that's hard. (laughs) Unconditional acceptance, the golden center of flaunt, is I think the first component of forgiving. Forgiving is also an untangling. An untangling. What does that mean? That means separating yourself from the actions of others. It's being able to realize that while there are a lot of different causes, there are a lot of different reasons why, there are a lot of different things that roll into an experience that make people make choices that they do. And yes, I'm sure you had pieces in that. Untangling yourself from the person who hurt you and from that final outcome. And again, that's hard too. Because we always tune inwards and think, I could have prevented this. Because we don't want to acknowledge that we truly have no control over life, over others. Because acknowledging that we have no control really leaves us in that state of fear and extreme vulnerability. And it's easier to just pretend to be up in our head and to pretend that we have some control, that we have some autonomy. And yes, we do. And no, we don't all at the same time. And that's a tough thing to put together too. But untangling ourselves from the fact that we truly have no control over what another person does to us, whether they have murdered a family member, whether they have cheated on us, whether they have swindled us out of money, whether they have promised us a promotion that they didn't get it, it doesn't matter. We have to untangle the things that we think we did wrong, the things that we did that in a way, may have caused that. Untangle ourselves from that moment where the person made the decision to harm us. It goes back, in my mind, to when you think about rape. So often we victim blame. Was she wearing a short skirt? Was she walking alone at night after dark? Was she not with friends? Had she been flirting in the bar earlier? All of these things that we point to 
really were pointing to in a desperate attempt to reassure ourselves that we indeed have control. That if I don't wear a short skirt, that if I don't flirt, that if I don't drink, that if I don't go out after dark, that if I don't walk to my car without friends, nothing will happen to me. I'm in control and I am totally safe and I can control everybody else's behavior. We're just reassuring, we're placating ourselves because we want to feel like we have control and that we can prevent bad things from happening. So when something bad does happen to us, like, hello, my husband cheating on me for 15 years. My mind desperately tries to make sense of that. My mind desperately thinks about all of the things that I did wrong, all of the ways that I caused that so I can go forward and never cause harm to myself again. Do you see the fallacy of that? Was I perfect? No. Did I do things that hurt him? Yes. Did I contribute to the situation? Yes. Am I the cause? No. Are you the cause? No. That's that untangling piece. And that is a part of forgiveness too. Accepting unconditionally is first. Untangling yourself from the actions and behaviors of others. That's a piece of forgiveness. Because when something bad happens to us, we have to forgive ourselves and we have to forgive others. And we tend to get those all lumped into the same thing. And then we think I can't forgive and I can't, and we don't understand why. Well, it's because we're trying to do too much too soon. Cut the whole forgiveness thing. Don't worry about that yet. You've got to accept unconditionally. That can take a couple of years. That can take a lifetime. That can also take a fairly short period of time. But you have to accept unconditionally where you're at, what happened. Then you have to start untangling. And again, the whole title of the show, Forgiveness, a journey, not a destination. You can't say at two o'clock on Thursday, I will accept unconditionally. And at five o'clock Friday, I'm going to untangle myself. It's that mental process. Because it's a revealing of our vulnerability. You know, if you've been listening to a while, to me a while, I use the concept of burlesque in my work. Burlesque is stripping down to reveal what's underneath. What is underneath our defensiveness? What is underneath our fear? When we strip down, when we untangle, we see that we just don't want to be hurt again. We just don't want to open our hearts and our souls and our minds to this kind of pain ever again. And the reason that we can't untangle, the reason that we can't accept unconditionally, and therefore the reason that we can't forgive is we just want to protect our own hearts and come on, who doesn't? So strip down and reveal that fear. Once you realize, I just want to keep myself safe. It's a little bit easier to start untangling. It's a little bit easier to start accepting unconditionally. The third 
component of forgiveness is empathy. Now, this triggers me a little bit. I'm not telling you to go identify with your captor. I'm not telling you to go, you know, feel sorry for the person who victimized you, blah, 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 because there's a lot of BS around that too. (laughs) What I am advocating, what I am asking you to do is to see all of life, all of humanity, including you and including the person who betrayed you on a scale, on a scale from pure evil to pure good. Now visualize that continuum, that scale in your mind, whether it's just a line, you know, with a dot in the middle. I want you to see one end is pure good the other end is pure evil, and there is a dot in the middle that that is the tipping point. That tipping point is the point where we go from good to bad. Now, have you ever walked out of the store and realized that you weren't charged for something? Whether it was a candy bar that was in your hand or something that was underneath on the bottom of the cart that they didn't ring up. Have you ever accidentally not paid for something? Or have you ever looked at a receipt and been like, whoa, I wasn't charged for this. I remember once I bought a necklace and an earring set and I thought that's a great price. And I got home and I thought it's a great price because she didn't charge me for the necklace. Has that ever happened to you? Because it's happened to me more than more than a couple of times. Is that evil? Is that bad? It's not a hundred percent honest. I've justified and rationalized that in my mind. I did go back and pay for the necklace because that was a big thing. But there have been plenty of times where there is something underneath the cart or I realized, dang, I ate this, you know, candy bar as I was, and I didn't get charged for it, where I haven't gone back, where I haven't paid for something. Same thing in a restaurant. Sometimes we're just mischarged. If you have ever not gone back and paid for something, you've crossed that little line. You've crossed that little dot. Have you ever told a little white lie? Have you ever fudged on something? Have you ever been hurt and done something mean and bad and wrong? Have you ever been exhausted and completely at your wit's end and frustrated and done something wrong? I had some parenting moments where you're up and your kids are sick and you're up all night and you're exhausted. And the next day you just lose it. And it's not the kid's fault. It's because you are absolutely at your wit's end, exhausted. I have crossed that line. There is that little proverbial line from pure good to pure evil with that dot in the middle. And I've crossed that line many times. And without knowing you, I can say with certainty, so have you. 
To err is human to forgive divine. It's a great quote. To err is human. Now, what I hear you saying is great, Laura, big difference between not paying for your, you know, $1.97 candy bar and cheating on your spouse, stealing money, killing someone. And I will say you are so right. Oh my gosh, you are so right. And it doesn't matter. What are you saying, Laura? It doesn't matter. (laughs) There are degrees of good and there are degrees of evil. And yes, there's greater goods and yes, there's greater evils. But at the same time, there's not. Now, just sit with that for a minute and think about it, because this has weighed down my brain for many years. But when I started my spiritual journey years ago and, and like the secret and um, law of attraction and what was that other movie? There was like another big movie. Um, oh, what the bleep. When all of those movies came out and they all started talking about manifestation, they all would say it's no more difficult to manifest a million dollars than it is to manifest a parking spot. It's all energy. It's all belief. It's all manifestation. It's your head that gets in the way. Your head says, I can manifest a parking spot, but a million dollars, that's hard. Your head says, I can manifest beautiful roses blooming outside my window, but I can't manifest a perfect relationship. That's hard. It's all the same. It's different. I get it. I still want to fight that. I still feel that. But it's also all the same. If the line is people who always do good and people who always do bad, we are all on the bad side. We are all on the bad side. Let's go back to Jesus. Because some of you might be thinking, oh, right, Jesus was not on the bad side. Yes, he was. Ooh, are you triggered? (laughs) Do you remember Jesus in the temple with the money changers flipping the table because he was table flipping mad? He flipped tables. It's not a good thing to do. He was mad. He probably scared some people. He probably broke some property. This was not a good thing. This is not on the good side of the scale. Everybody has crossed that proverbial line and is on the bad scale. So let's just start there. Let's just start with our premise there. If we're all on that bad scale because to err is human, now we're in a state of judgment. How bad is bad? Stealing is wrong. Does it matter if you're stealing medicine to save your mother's life or stealing a loaf of bread so your children can eat, or if you're stealing to have one more, you know, big fancy car to add to your multi-million dollar mansion? It's all stealing. It's all the same. Does it matter if you are killing somebody in self-defense? 
if you were killing somebody in cold blood, it's all killing. All the thoughts on top of that, whether it's good or bad or justified or not, how bad is bad, how right is, it's all semantics, it's all judgment. This hurts my brain. I bet it hurts your brain, but this is why forgiveness is a journey, not a destination. Is it easier to forgive when I steal your pen, when I walk out of the bank and I've stolen a pen? Is it easier to forgive when you've shot down my family in cold blood? Is it easier to forgive when you've cheated on me? Is it easier to forgive when you missed our appointment? It's all a range and it's all judgment. And there's all of those justifications and reasons why. I talk about this in my book. Justifications and reasons why don't absolve behavior, but they are important to realize. And they go to forgiveness and they go to why it is difficult to forgive and why forgiveness is this journey. Okay, let's break that down because it's all a part of this empathy piece of that we're all bad, that we've all aired. And I know this is a really big piece. (laughs) People act because of something. We are inspired. We are provoked. There's something that kicks us into action, that spurs us into action. Always. Some of those things are justified and rational and totally make sense. Like if somebody is attacking your child and you kill them. That's why we talk about you know, the heat of the moment, the heat of passion. If you see somebody attacking your child, mama bear is going to come out and you're going to attack. There's a reason. And a lot of people will say you're justified in doing that. But it's a slippery slope. It's a real slippery slope and humans like certainty. Are you in attack mode because, this is going to provoke you too, because it's somebody who looks like a thug. Either your version of thug is teenage black boy, or your version of thug is white skinhead boy, or your version of thug is transgender person who, quote, looks weird, or your version of thug is whatever it is. If you're attacking because of that reason, that's that slippery slope again. And it all goes back to empathy. And you might be going, wait, what? I'm I'm lost. This is a lot. (laughs) We've talked about accepting unconditionally. I get that. We've talked about untangling ourselves from the actions of another person. I get that. Now we're talking about empathy and you're saying that we're all bad and that there's reasons and there's justifications. And now you're accusing of me of being racist. And I don't get where this is all going. Good. <laughs> the point is, it's really confusing. 
everything is really confusing and we have judgments and we have perceptions and we stereotype people and we have all these scripts in our head about the way things should be and the way things should not be and, and what is good and what is bad and what is justified and what is not justified and blah, blah. We are so complex and we are such products of our environment. And so is the person who hurt us. And as much as we want to make sense of this, we can't. We can seek to understand. We can seek to make sense of our situation. We can make strides. But the bottom line is we can't tie all those loose ends up and get a full, complete picture of what really happened which takes us right back to accepting unconditionally and untangling ourselves from the other person's actions and beliefs. And that's why this empathy piece is so important. It's empathy for ourselves that we're never going to get all the answers. It's empathy for the other person that they might not even completely understand why they did it. Even on a non-emotionally charged thing, think about sports and how often it's like the instant replay and you're watching the thing from a different angle. I was just at a baseball game and you couldn't tell if he was out or not. And they had the replay from the different camera angles. And I swear it was simultaneous because you just couldn't tell. And I don't know your situation and I don't have to, because what I do know is it's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. Humans don't do things that don't make sense on some level. That's that empathy piece for ourselves and for the person that hurt us. Unless you're a psychopath or a sociopath or a really extreme narcissist, most people don't intentionally go out seeking to hurt another person. They might ignore the consequences and that it is reasonable that they would hurt another person, but that's not their main motivation. Nobody, again, unless you're a total psychopath, like clinical, wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to go hurt somebody today. And I'm going to engage in this train of behavior that's going to intentionally hurt people. We have these weird justifications and weird reasons that we layer on why it's okay, why people won't find out, why they won't really be hurt, excuses, I deserve it. I mean, there's all those things that are layered on top of it, but that's what this empathy piece is. It's stripping, haha, stripping burlesque, stripping all of that away, stripping away all of that confusion on the scale of goodness or badness. And on the justifications and the reasons, it's stripping all of that down and having empathy and understanding that life is really hard and confusing and complex. And people do things for a whole host of reasons and it's weird and it's hurtful. But that I think is really one of the powerful cornerstones of forgiveness. Realizing there is no right or wrong. It is a scale. We've all done wrong things. We've all justified it. We've all thought we're doing right and then realized we're doing wrong. God, it's just hard. It's just hard. And having empathy 
for the process of living. That's what I'm asking you to have empathy for. That's what is important in forgiveness. It's empathy for life, for living, for the confusing nature of all of this stuff. Does that make sense now? Did that bring that home? Did that land that plane? (laughs) Accepting unconditionally that this has happened, untangling yourself from the person who made these choices, and then having empathy for life, empathy for the process, empathy for yourself, empathy for them, yes, but just for this whole situation. Because that's a tough one. Now, I'm going to zing you again. A little bit of a cattle prod here. (laughs) So often, I see people moving into a self-righteous state around forgiveness. And I think that's one of the other reasons why it bugs me so much. I have accepted unconditionally. I've untangled myself from him. I have such empathy for what a horrible life he had. And I have now forgiven you all. I have now forgiven you and I'm fine and I am blessed. Oh, come on. I'm going to call you out on that. And I would hope you would call me out on that. Because when forgiveness moves into a place of self-righteousness, it is not true forgiveness. Are you a better person for forgiving? I don't know. I hate it. Again, when people say, be the better person and turn the other cheek, be the better person and walk away, be the better person. You were so good that you forgave him. Let's be really, really clear. We forgive someone because we want to feel better. That's selfish. I think forgiving is selfish. I'm also willing to stand in my selfishness. Why did I forgive? Because I don't want to be a bitter witch for the rest of my life. Why did I forgive? Because I have too much I want to do for me. Why did I forgive? Because I hated feeling vindictive and hurt. I hated wasting my time thinking about ways that I could hurt somebody else and inflict pain. That's not who I really am. Forgiveness was purely selfish. Does my husband benefit from me, quote unquote, forgiving him? Probably, but I don't really care. (laughs) I care about me and I care about the way I feel. And I don't like it when people are like, you're a better woman than I would be. Great. What that really means is I'm more aware of how I want to feel and who I am and what I deserve. It means nothing about me being a doormat. It means nothing about anything except me. So get out of that self-righteousness. You are not a better person for giving, for forgiving. You're not a worse person for forgiving. You are a person. What does forgiving mean anyway? It's a journey, not a destination. Some days I've totally forgiven. 
so many people, my husband included, totally forgiven, totally okay, totally in a good space. Other days, not so much. Other days, I get triggered. I get obsessive thoughts. I start thinking about things. I see a picture. I happen upon something on my computer that I've saved. And I'm like, whoa, mad, not forgiven, not accepting, not untangled, zero empathy, a lot of fury going on. And I want to poke and I want to be mean and I want to be nasty. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that I haven't forgiven him. It doesn't mean that I have either because it's kind of this journey and it's this process and it's ongoing and it's in the moment. So if you're feeling a little self-righteous or if you're feeling like you need to be the better person or if people are encouraging you, call them on it. Call yourself on it. Forgive for you. Don't forgive for anybody else. That's that untangling. That's why untangling is the step before that. Untangle. The person who hurt you and you, you're different people. You have bumped up against each other and you have tangled in this journey, but mm, let's cut those cords. And that's something else you can do, energetically cut cords. And that's something we're actually going to do after the break. We're going to do a little forgiveness ceremony after the break. We're going to do a cord cutting ceremony after the break. We're going to move into accepting, untangling, empathy, and then selfish versus self-righteous. So you can move along on this forgiveness journey. So you can start holding onto it and grappling with it and thinking about it. Now, what... I want you to think about is what you want and who you are. And as I finish talking about forgiveness, let that kind of percolate in your mind, because we're going to do that as part of this forgiveness ceremony is move fully into who you are and what you want, but just kind of start letting that wash over your consciousness right now. There are components around forgiveness that I want to finish this half of the hour talking about. Understanding, remorse of the party, and the story and the meaning that you have pulled out of your experience. Because those three things really have to be grappled with separate of forgiveness. There are parts, there are components, but there are also things that really need to be grappled with. Okay, understanding of the story. What did happen? It's really important when somebody harms you to understand what happened and to put some context and some meaning around that. And it's very beneficial if the person harming you is showing some remorse. Because you can tie it up in kind of a neat little package. And it might take time, but you can tie it up in a neat little package when you have understanding of what happened. A story or a narrative around what happened. 
and the person shows remorse. Because then you've got that little package and you go, here is my betrayal story. And just for example, here is a part of my betrayal story. My betrayal story and the meaning around that goes like this. My husband was a very damaged person. My husband had a severe, severely abusive childhood in poverty. He had attachment issues. He had some self-worth issues. He had a lot of fear that I was going to leave him. I triggered things in him when times were good. I triggered things in him when times were bad. A lot of my behavior shamed him in ways that I didn't understand, in ways that he didn't understand, that caused friction and conflict between us. He started having affairs, even though he always saw himself as a good person. And he knew it would hurt me, but he never really thought I would find out. So he didn't really think it would hurt me. And then when it would hurt him, he would feel worse about himself and it would trigger and it would be this spiral. And then he'd be even more mad at me because he was in a darker place and he would see me in a higher place and then it would trigger him and then he'd act out some more. And when I did find out, it was a come to Jesus moment for both of us. For him to finally acknowledge and deal with his demons, his depression, all of that stuff. And for me to have my eyes open too over the ways that I was causing harm, that I didn't realize I was causing harm. And for us to decide, what do we want now? Now that it's all been destroyed, what do we each want? And what might that look like? And how can we each take that personal responsibility to create this half of what we want? And what are we going to do going forward if we change our mind? And we did it. And it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to both of us and to us as a couple. Now, that story could be different, too. That story could be, and we decided to separate. That story could be, and he continued to blame me and he never got the help that he needed. It could be that I moved into a defensive posture. It could be so many other things and it doesn't matter, but this is my story. This is my narrative. This is the way I have understanding, remorse from him, and that nice little tied up package and the narrative around it. When you don't have a narrative around it, you're wandering all the time. You are playing ping pong in a dark room because you can't hit the ball, because you can't see the ball. You've got to get that narrative. You've got to get that story in order to move on. Once you kind of get the narrative, and even if the narrative is, I was married to a narcissistic psychopath who has no remorse, who has no empathy, who has no understanding, who destroyed me, who destroyed my kids, who took all my money and left me homeless. That's still a narrative. That's still a story. That's still a package. And now you can do something with it. One of the reasons that they say recovering from betrayal is harder than recovering from a death is because it's unknown. When somebody dies, they're gone. You can no longer have contact with them. End of game, end of story, difficult, but you can move on. 
When you're in a betrayal type situation, there is no ending. There is no finite. There is no. There's all this. Yes, but yes. And maybe this could be this. What about this? Why over here? Now we're going to parent together. It's all confusing. So you've got to give yourself a ball to hit. That ball to hit is the narrative. The story, some meaning, some understanding around that. Now, that can change over time. That will change over time. That should change over time. But if you're going to even start looking at forgiveness, looking at this forgiveness journey, give yourself a narrative. Once you've got that narrative, then you can start accepting unconditionally. This is what it is. And you can untangle. He did this. I did this. Then you can move into that state of empathy, which is again, confusing and thick and deep because it's wrong and judgment and shame and reasons and all of that. Then that also breaks you out of that self-righteousness. Because let me tell you, the second you put yourself on a pedestal, you set yourself up to fall. The second you put yourself on a pedestal, you set yourself up to fall. Don't put yourself on a pedestal. It's not that you shouldn't have pride. It's not that you shouldn't acknowledge the great things that you're doing. But get out of that self-righteousness that I am going to forgive because I am the better person. There is no better person. We've all crossed that line, okay? You are a person. A person who hurt you is a person. Maybe in your objective mind, that was the worst thing that they did. I still think that what my husband did was worse than what I did. I, 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 like, I get that. I'm still there. I still think about that. And... We are both the same because we have both erred, because we are human, because everybody has erred. And it's empathy for the situation, empathy for life. This is a lot. I get that this is a lot. Forgiveness is a lot. That's why I hate it when people are like, you've got to forgive or, ooh, you forgave. No, I didn't. It's a constant daily process and practice and journey. It's like breathing. It's like brushing your teeth. Gunk comes on, you brush it off. So we are going to take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we are going to do a whole forgiveness ceremony. (sighs) You're going to want to keep this show. So subscribe, download, keep it, whatever, because this is a process and a practice you are going to want to do time and again. If you're doing it around your betrayal journey, around the infidelity, you're going to want to do it with different aspects, different affair partners, different times, different events. But it's also something that you're going to want to do whenever you feel betrayed by life, by your body, by circumstance, because this is that clearing and that processing that's going to help shift everything for you. So we're going to take a couple minutes break. And when we come back, be ready. Prepare your space a little bit. Silence your phones because this is going to change your world. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra. Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. 
fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. And we are back for our forgiveness ceremony where we are going to move into the journey of forgiveness, where we are going to cut cords, cut ties, cut that energetic supply from the person who harmed us. And we are going to move into a beautiful selfishness, a beautiful self-integrity, a beautiful self-reflection. And we are going to go deeper and deeper into forgiveness. Knowing that forgiveness is a journey that you will spiral through on this journey time and time again. And that is okay. So, Put your phone on silent mode, dim the lights if you can, sit in a comfortable space. And if you're at work or something, that's okay too. Just do what you can to ground. Put both feet flat on the floor and rub them slowly so you feel the soles brushing against the earth, against the floor. And you're aware of that contact place. Gently push down each and every toe. Gently push down the ball of the foot rocking from the inside to the outside of the foot and feeling it all along the way. Press down that heel. Breathe. Relax and move into your body. And just notice. If you feel pain or anger, or self-righteousness, or confusion. Notice whatever it is you feel. Notice those uncomfortable emotions. It is okay to have them. We don't want to escape from our body. We want to move in to our body. Stay with those emotions. I've got you. You've got you. Your body's got you. You can handle grief. You can handle sobbing. You can handle screaming rage. You can handle it. Your body can handle it. Just feel. And breathe. Take your hands. Rub them gently together, kind of tickly, 
maybe rubbing one palm, rubbing the fingers all the way to the heel of the hand. And when those palms feel very tickly and relaxed, open them right in front of your heart like you're waiting to receive something. What you are receiving is the story, your betrayal story. And there is a being in front of you, a being of light, a beautiful light-filled being. And when you are ready, reach those hands up and out and that being will place your story in your hands. Breathe, look down and notice what it looks like. Is it a crystalline ball? Is it a package? Is it a weapon? Is it wrapped or is it visible? Is it a rock? Is it a seed? It's okay if you can't see it, just know that you have been given that first step towards forgiveness. You have been given your story. Take your hands and with breath, gently push that object into your heart space, into your chest, using both hands to softly and gently absorb that story right into your heart space. And breathe and feel that story move into your beautiful body. And as you breathe, mentally repeat to yourself, I accept, I receive, Let that story drop into your body and fill you up. And as it fills you up, you are going to sense cords, beams, rods poking out of your body in different places. It might be yarn. It might be chains. It might be ropes. And you're just going to feel them all over your body. Popping out as that story absorbs and you accept it unconditionally. And as those cords and ropes or chains or barbs pop out, allow yourself to just be aware. And then feel them start breaking off, literally breaking off one at a time, snap. Like a tree limb, just pop. And you can feel or hear those pops as these cords and branches and beams and chains just start falling off of you. And then look down, look at your arms, look at your belly. You can even use your hands to start mm, pulling and popping something off. Sweep behind your head, behind your neck, and just start clearing off, breaking off. And if there's anything that doesn't seem to be coming off, that's okay. 
bring in divine assistance. Bring in divine assistance and ask the light being in front of you to please help me remove this chain, this cord, this attachment from my hip, from my heart, from my belly, from my head, from my life. I thank you for your assistance. And then raise your arms. Lift your head and slowly walk, spin in a circle and let this being of light remove any remaining attachments and feel that sense of relief and lightness and joy. And now is the time that I want you to return to that question of who am I and what do I want? I am a being of light. I am a spiritual being. I am love. I am having a human experience that's difficult. I love this life. I love myself. I am a powerful creator. Affirm who you are. And feel that deep sense of empathy for yourself as a spiritual being of light, having a very difficult human experience. And breathe. One more time, raise your arms, raise your head, spin around and ask this being of light to remove any remaining attachments. And when you are done, rest in the beauty of this place of forgiveness for yourself, for others, for all of humanity, for being on this difficult journey. And know that wherever you are at is the exact divine, perfect place for you in this moment. Have an incredible week. On this forgiveness path, we will all be on it for the rest of our lives, for the rest of eternity, because that's what matters, being on the path, not being at the destination reach out to me. I want to hear how this feels for you. Have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 